Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. To the Lookout Landing podcast. This is episode nine. I am Kate Prusser, managing editor of Lookout Landing, and I am joined, as always, by my stalwart companion, my close personal friend, someone who looks like he is a member of a boy band comprised entirely of lumberjacks, John Troopin. John. Howdy, Kate. How are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? Been better, but. Uh... You know, I have a lot of faith that this team is going to pick it up, and luckily I did not have to do anything baseball-related all day uh, and played some tennis with fellow staff writers at Gottschalk who had to sit and man the LL account all of last night. So yeah, relatively. sorry about that. Sorry about that, Zach. <laughs> um, I think he enjoyed uh, firing it off, though. Uh, so I'm doing all right. Well, hopefully things will improve a little because we are joined tonight also by LL's own personal beam of sunshine, delightful, lighthearted, icon of jocularity, Zach Sanders. Hello, Zach. I just want to point out that when you say joined as always by Mr. Troopin, this podcast has been going for what, all of like three months and when last time I did it, he wasn't here. Hey, I <laughs> joined us sometimes. We're trying to establish a thing, a, a thing, okay? Just <laughs> pipe down and be glad that you're here. I'm contractually <laughs> obligated to be here. <laughs> it is true. true. We we have you, and since you're do, you will do none of the in-person appearances. This is as close as we can get. Yep. It is strange that. When Kate took over, she did make all of us sign something in blood. But I guess that is how it works in the business, right? I just find that blood sends a real message about, um, you know, what what I expect from my staff members. <laughs> Utter, unquestioned devotion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Zach, how are you this evening? How about you? well i am uh concerned about the the direction of the team as i imagine many of our listeners are this has been a really tough start to the season to the point where i mean i've only been uh regularly watching mariners baseball since i moved back so only a few years here and i mean this is the worst i can remember but i'm wondering if those of you 
with like slightly longer memories remember anything worse than this? Um, yeah, it was about this bad, uh, in the earlier part of this decade. Um, this is when we were going through those, those record, uh, doldrums of hitting. You're like, oh, this is, this is just no chance they're better than this. Yeah, the the difference I think is the expectations, right? Because like those early twenty, I mean after twenty ten, where you know people had hopes, it it sort of seemed like everyone kind of was pretty down on it. This year, where I think reasonably or reasonably enough, people have had hope and continue to have hope, but um, and you know maybe we will have largely forgotten about this in a few weeks because they'll have gone on a run as they did last year but it really is a smack in the face to just start out like this and I don't really you know I don't remember the the early two, you know the mid 2000s all that well um, other than you know I remember watching lineups where Jose Lopez was the three hitter but you know it, it, it felt like the expectations were a bit different so so far it's been very frustrating so we had a move today to kind of maybe start helping right the ship or, I don't know, satisfy a very frustrated fan base. I'm, I'm not totally sure about this. but uh, So anyway, we have Casey Fiend being outrighted, um, probably right going to accept his assignment to Tacoma. Is that what we're assuming? Yeah, seems likely. No one's going to come rushing after Casey Fien on waivers. <laughs> probably, probably not. Okay. Uh, but in his place, we have uh, Evan Marshall being called up. So with Segura being on the 10-day DL, we're seeing a lot of Taylor Motter at shortstop. I know a lot of people thought maybe... Uh, well, I mean, I think there are two big questions to ask here. And one is kind of a converse, uh, uh, like, is Casey Fiend that bad slash isn't, is Evan Marshall really any better than him? And then the other question, um, so are we really rolling with this eight-man pen still? Why is this a thing? Why aren't we building some more bench depth? Um, what are your thoughts on this? Um, well, Casey Fiend is really interesting because prior to last year he was always very very good and then last year he was weirdly not good but in a way that made you think and clearly made the Mariners think that he then would be good again um, and then as we've seen it's just not translated nothing's working for him when his whole I mean obviously he did a number of things well but like one of his key skills was that he didn't walk people like whether he well, his other stuff was on or not he was just was like extremely good at at making people put the ball in play right yeah oh yeah he see he seed the heck out of the z yeah um whether one bad outing you know is isn't necessarily mean he's completely had it but it was pretty bad um but i go on zach i didn't mean to no cut you off, um and so yeah, this the move to send him down or outright him in this case makes sense generally. 
but not when the replacement is Evan Marshall. Uh, he, he may be a nice story, which I'm sure Kate will love to talk about. Um, I'm going to focus on the actual baseball side. And that baseball side is he's not good at all. He, for having strong stuff, does nothing with it. He's in the majors. He's He had a good year a couple of years ago, but since then, he, he sits 93 to 95, and then the strikeout numbers are just low. He can't do anything with a big fastball. If you can't do that, and you're not really a good command pitcher, I'm not sure what you're doing in the major leagues. What I saw from his 2014, I mean, I just watched like a little bit of his debut, but it looked like his fastball had some really great run on it. It was fooling batters, a lot of swing and miss. Um, what happened to that, that all of a sudden he looked, um, and really, uh, you uh, Certainly the um, head injury affected him hugely when he you know, was struck in the minor leagues and then he had this long rehab process and then came back to baseball. Wasn't very good, but you can kind of say, oh, okay, well, the head injury. But he also sort of was struggling before that. That's why he was in the minor leagues when he got hit in the head. Um, so what I'm, I, I just have so many questions about this. Like what happened to that really good stuff? Do the Mariners believe that that good stuff is in there still somehow and they have like some pitcher whisperer thing to bring it out? He was such a recent acquisition and really hasn't pitched much into, I think he just had one, one inning in Tacoma and they're calling him up already. I, it's just, I have so many questions. I mean, DePoto said when they first acquired him, you know, this is one of his guys that he, uh, he explicitly said actually, this was a guy that he looked at in the draft when they first, or in his last draft that he was a part of in Arizona. And that, you know, he's a guy with a good, theoretically with a good sinker, gets a lot of ground balls, which he still does get a lot of ground balls. Um, and to your point, Zach, what he did was in you know, in 2014 when he was successful, he got people to swing out of the zone. And for whatever reason, because he threw he throws essentially a sinker and a slider. People stopped swinging out of the zone and started hitting everything that he threw in the zone. So whether that maybe can be figured out is possible. His velocity fell off a couple miles per hour last year and is picked up back up this spring, but there's not a lot to indicate recently that he has anything better than Casey Fien uh, at the MLB level. And I think, in general, this seems just like a stopgap move until Tony Zick is back. Uh, he does do one thing better than Casey Fee, and that is to get the ground ball. And and maybe that's something True. they are deliberately looking for. Um, and if Evan Marsh... After watching, Hughes, after watching George yeah. Springer for a week. <laughs> um, and maybe if your bullpen... And needs a seventh guy who can come in and get a ground ball, then Evan Marshall is a decent guy to try to fill that role. But the guys usually fill that role are have better command. That's that is the big difference. It's tough to consistently Definitely. even when getting ground balls, it's tough to consistently not give up homers if you can't command the ball. Right. 
especially in his case, when hitters learned that, oh, I, I'm just going to let that ball fly out of the zone every time now and wait until he throws me a meatball. And that's what he's yeah. continually done. Yeah. Well, and not that's... in 2014, but then you do see the home run numbers, the home run not, HR9 numbers really spike up from like 0.55 to 2, and then 1, a little over 1 last year. So definitely can be a little homer prone, which maybe, again, they feel like they can, like Safeco can contain that. Hopefully. Um, but the the second part, I think, of the question is interesting as well and, and sort of goes into the roster construction in general, which is that they're sticking with the eight-man bullpen, which I know, Zach, you are skeptical of as at best. Um, you know, I certainly – I get the idea if you're you know working with two at least two starting pitchers who you have serious concerns about their ability to go deep in games and Miranda and Gallardo but realistically you know Kuma has never been a guy who's gone all that deep in games and Felix has had as many you know as all all the struggles that he had last year you know there's no real spot where you're looking in this rotation and saying oh yeah that's a sure bet but still especially with now you know holes cropping up all over the roster it's it's interesting that they're sticking with that orientation uh, the problem is that they're not even using the eight-man pen wisely right uh when you're generally going to have a bigger eight-man pen you means you have the ability to have more specialists uh, you can bring an extra loogie in uh, to really cover up a hole there Done that. We're using James Pazos against every and all good hitters in key situations instead of as a second lefty, which is realistically what his role should be in a man pen if he's in the majors at all. And when you're gonna waste roster spot, is it right? Uh, you can you can have an eight man bullpen. It can theoretically work with roster construction. I would never recommend it. I would never want my team to do it. But then to then just completely waste that extra spot uh, defeats the purpose. Bring up an Absolutely. outfielder, bring up a yeah. So would you, who would you look for? Who would you, out of Tacoma, who would you want them to bring up and as a position player? That's one of the issues, right? There's no one <laughs> sure. really sitting around there. The, the, the one that makes most sense, and he's not. Um, and because that allows you to use who is who? Sorry, there was a sorry. Was a uh, cut out there. Calling up Vogelbach. Um, yeah. he's the guy that then allows you to have extra flexibility without being anywhere near. Uh, because it allows Valencia to move around, so you get that extra corner infield, you get the extra corner outfielder at the same time. Then you add a pinch hitter mm-hmm. bat that's actually worthwhile. Uh, th- mm-hmm. that's where you can get real value. That's where I think we all saw this roster going. Sure. And why it's been the option, Ben Gamble's not the right guy. There's no infield that we're clamoring to bring up. We already have Mike Freeman starting at first base today. Uh, this isn't <laughs> – no one wants this. Yeah, and and pinch hitting last night. That, that was well, – I mean, Hey, he worked a walk. He did do that. He but... worked an important walk. Which, honestly, is one of the advantages. So this is why I'm pro the eight-man pin, just because I think that they're... I do think it should be utilized better. I wonder if maybe they've just... 
gotten into game situations where they are trying to be strategic and it's gotten away from them. I know we had a lot of yelling about Chase DeYoung coming in to finish that extra innings game out, but like I mean there was literally no one else. That's he had to. I mean, he was playing the matchups. He's been trying to do stuff like that. When uh, Fien and Diaz collapsed the other day, you know, why why didn't he use Alta Villa more? Well, I, I think that there's a real argument that he's trying to use Alta Villa in that high leverage fireman kind of role. And yeah, you can stretch him out, but also you have a huge lead. Like, how do you, who expects that Casey Fien is, and Diaz are just going to totally implode yeah but there's really so Vogelback has been struggling which is not something I would have anticipated I think it's just because Tacoma missed those first two games they're missing another game tonight with rain out um those guys are not getting chances to really fall into any kind of a rhythm so they're all kind of looking. Honestly, they all look pretty rough. Tyler O'Neill doesn't look rough, but we know there's no way that they're going to bring him up. And honestly, Tyler O'Neill looks pretty rough and raw in the outfield. I think uh, Tacoma plays a little differently than Jackson, Tennessee. So he's, he's adjusting. <laughs> you know, it's just like none of them are quite ready, I don't think. And I don't think DePoto is willing to bring up Anyone who's not re- like uh, Freeman is cannon fodder, you know. Zach Shank would be cannon fodder. Like they don't care about the development of those guys because they're organizational filler, or that's how they perceive them. Um, someone like Vogelback or O'Neill or Gamble, like they don't want to bring those guys up and have them struggle. They don't want to Zinni know them, right? Yeah, and and that is a good point, and and it's it does make sense. Like obviously, you don't want to sort of cut the legs off of the development of guys who are struggling um, and who need definitely need the time. Um, I think Vogelbach is sort of the guy where it's like he shouldn't need the time at this point, and and so and you know that doesn't mean you know and recognizing that he does, I guess, is is a good thing to recognize it just puts this team the way that it has been constructed in a really tight spot where you're trying to buy time for development for guys where the best players on this team are their best are theoretically their best right now and those guys being a little bit better for maybe next year or you know, a couple of years from now might not mean as much as if they can perform right now. And so I get that impatience and it's just, it's tough because there's not, there's just not another option in there. So I was really interested when I was watching Tacoma batting practice, seeing Gamble take reps at first base. I don't know if mm-hmm. they would do that because it would be like kind of a kick in the shins to Vogelback. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if maybe he's, but see the thing—it's like it all comes back to the time. Like none of them have had any chance to really establish that. Like yes, we can come up and be major league regulars. And I think the play of Taylor Motter has honestly made a lot of this irrelevant. Like I didn't expect, and I don't expect the performance that Taylor Motter had last night to be a regular thing at all. But um, I think 
when you have him and he is really being able to do some positive things for you that he can he can hold down that spot as long as he can remain healthy he can hold down that spot maybe once in a while we have to pinch in mike freeman i'm still baffled by that but um you know do we need that extra spot if our bench player is already well able to play well above replacement i guess i don't i don't expect freeman to be anything more than replacement and it would be pretty awesome if he was replacement. Oh no, I was talking about Modder. Modder playing oh, well about yes, replacement. Yes, yeah. Modder yeah. is the bench piece. Yeah. I I mean I, and I think, you know, I think we from what we've seen from Modder, you know, he's a better than average you know, or at least he's a solid backup. I think I believe Zip's projections had him as like a one win player and which is like, you know, that's a fine backup. Um yeah, it I I guess it, it it all sort of ties into the sort of discussion that we wanted to have Zach talk about, which is, you know, we see that this team has still has talent. This team still has holes. This team has, you know, it it is early in the season, quote unquote, but they've also even if they play to their supposed true talent and you think that true talent is a a playoff level team even if you do that which i know especially once smiley was hurt there's some a lot of you know a lot a lot fewer people feel that way um have they dug themselves too much of a hole and and what what you know what do you think their next step is if so realistically the answer is is yes uh they they have dug the hole too deep uh but that also your view of the team in the preseason and how how high you thought both and the floor were uh, yes the ceiling um, on the floor you said yeah if you thought this was about an 85 win team which which with Smiley is realistic, then you do have a little bit of wiggle room, but not to this extent mm-hmm. even. Um, right. If you thought this was, as some projections said, when Smiley got hurt, like an 81-82 win team, mm-hmm. you've dug you've dug the hole already. If, sure. if you play true talent from here on out, you're not making the playoffs. And mm-hmm. the best way to illustrate that is to see so with that 82 win expectation, they had about a one in three chance of making the playoffs. Was the odds? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before today's game starts, that is down to 15 percent. Mm-hmm. Essentially, cutting our odds in half within the first nine games. Yeah, <laughs> it's rough. And it's it's brutal. It's brutal because it's the start of the season. And so no, no one wants to say nine games in. Well, this is over. This was fun, right? But you have to Except be real. It wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you have to be realistic that it's going to take a extremely notable hot streak mm-hmm. for this team to come back and compete for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And you can't ex- you can't realistically expect that to happen. 
But here are some things that make me feel better. Um, thinking about it being early in the season. Do we believe that the Arizona Diamondbacks are the best team in baseball with their 778 winning percentage? Are the Diamondbacks the best team in baseball? Well, I click on their little thing and they say, uh, who's the pitcher? Miller is effectively wild for, oh, (laughs) effectively wild is always like a huge red flag for me. You know, do we believe that the Padres are a better team than the Giants? Do we believe the Cardinals are the worst team and the Reds are the best team in the Central? I mean, there's so many just kind of upside down, honky wonky things going on here in these standings. Right, but you don't have to believe the Mariners are a true two and seven team for it to be the fact that we're now realistically expected to win two or three less games than we were previously on the whole even if you say this is an aberration we think this is realistically still an 85 win team you've already dropped your expectation down for the season total because you're not starting from because you're not starting from zero anymore so so whether or not you believe that all those things are true or not or is is realistically irrelevant it's happened and that's great but what do we expect to happen going forward? Yeah. Well, and I guess the to to that point, the the only the thing that makes me you know not necessarily optimistic, but just con- contextually intrigued, uh, I guess, is that Toronto and Texas both have started off so poorly as well. Yeah. Um, and you know that may not matter all that much and And texas has had some crap i mean i think that you can't look at the mariners and say that they haven't had some real crap luck like the smiley injury is crap luck the segura injury is crap like these are really devastating pieces of luck to have occurred early on yeah and i think like smiley's injury didn't astonish me um just in that he's a guy who was pitching with a torn labrum. What was it? That hit some some like major injury that he just decided to not get surgery on. And you know I find those sort of choices fascinating, but always horrifying when people decide that they're just going to try and rehab through uh, essentially a, a full tear. Um, oh yeah, for sure. But I think. As as you said, Zach, like whether or not this team has been unlucky, the fact is that this is what their record is, and if they're going to make a, you know, to be a competitive team still, uh, they have to not only be what we thought they could be, but exceed that, and that is a lot to ask, especially without Smiley and with Segura missing a few more games still, um, you know, and obviously it's encouraging that the pitching staff has looked good. It's encouraging that sort of the defense has looked pretty solid, but, you know, plays like, like that, like that Hanager fly ball last night, where it was like, you know, yeah, that is an 18% catch percentage, but at the same time, like if your team is built around those types of plays being made, then you know you're sacrificing elsewhere to have a better chance of making those plays and sometimes you're not going to make them but you need to make them 
more often than not to for your for your model to succeed i guess and does mitch Haniger maybe make that catch when he's played more than one game in safeco field too um i think it's probably he will get more comfortable i think it's you know it, it was it was a long run they were shifted way to left field and it's an unfortunate it was unfortunate that gaddis just stuck his bat out and hit a oh blooper but you know but you know it was unfortunate it. It, it was unfortunate that they hit a you know single off of home plate and straight up into the air so um there'll be there will be breaks that go the mariners way and if there aren't then they're not going to compete and and that's okay but it would be disappointing and so you know this team i think as as Zach said, they've they've dug themselves a hole, and they've been put and and people have kicked some dirt on top of them um, while they've been digging, and they can get themselves out of it, but it will take sort of much more. It will take an exceptional effort, I guess. Would you would you say that's fair? I would say that's definitely fair. It will it will take a hot streak. I maintain that I believe that the team is capable of it. I'm sitting here looking at these run differentials. <laughs> like the Astros sitting in second place in our division with a run differential of negative seven. I mean, it just it helps me to look at these numbers and kind of realize that even though everything looks bad, just looking at the Mariners in a vacuum, and even though I recognize that there's been a hit to the playoff chances, math is fluky, baseball is fluky, and things <laughs> happen. So who knows? Zach, do you have m- uh, another sort of final thought on the on the whole before we take a little break uh, and and get to some uh, questions? I, I think it's just key to remember that yes, it's a long season, so let's not try to get too freaked out yet, while also just being realistic. We ha- we have to that that's tough For to sure. do in a positive light at this point. Uh, absolutely I, I would agree it's very hard to be positive about the team right now <laughs> and it's hard because if you are positive about the team somebody will come along with a very reasonable argument about why you should not be positive about the team and uh, you know spend a little time in the LL Twitter mentions sometimes because it is just a garbage heap in there <laughs> um, but I think that you have a choice and you can choose pain and suffering and same old Mariners, or you can choose to be on the side of, well, there's a lot of season left to play and yeah, maybe, maybe playoffs are out of, maybe playoffs are out of reach and maybe you, you resign yourself to that early on, which is in a, in a way kind of a gift. So now you're just watching to watch some hopefully good, the gift of lowered expectations. (laughs) The gift. It is. It keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a little break, and when we come back, we will uh, answer some of your Twitter questions. Mister Big Dreams, Big Dreams, Big Dreams from the city of the lean, hoping that I don't fall, out, I don't fall, out, I don't fall. Out. This is for the time. 
just watching MTV Cribs and getting depressed over. I always told me money was nothing to stress over. But what makes that phrase so funny? Bet the person who made it had money. And we're back. Now is the time of the show where we take your Twitter questions. John, what have we got? We have a few questions here this evening. Uh, appreciate people asking and, and coming up with some creative things in spite of the quality of baseball we've had so far. <laughs> um, Truly so, appreciated. Indeed. And in, in some real positive spirit, uh, our first question comes from Neil Posner at NJ Posner. What section offers the best value at Safeco? And where do you like to watch the game from the most? Well, I'll take this one yeah. because Zach doesn't go to games. I'm actually very curious then to hear what Zach's favorite spot is. Since he since, doesn't go. Since it's such a rare occasion, what 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 do you dine on when you when you only have <laughs> it, it has to be caviar if you're only venturing out so rarely. Zach gets a sweet, but only for himself. L- last year I sat down <laughs> uh, not directly behind home plate, but pretty close the, the section above the diamonds. Where you mm-hmm. can actually buy the tickets and not just be like a ticket season ticket holder. Uh, that that was okay. Sure. Was that? So you like mm-hmm. to sit where the scouts would sit if it was a minor league. Well, game. so when I go to minor league games, really that's that's like where I sit. If I go to a minor league game, I sit right there. Understandable. Was, where did you have tickets on that the one day that like the entirety of LL was there and we actually met you in your human form? Uh, I think I just bought a random ticket as high up as I could find because it was because <laughs> we weren't gonna be sitting there. Okay. Okay. Uh, if if generally if I had to pick and I need to stay conscious of cost, I'd sit essentially right behind home plate, but up in the third deck. That's sure. I I don't like sitting low. Like the low in the right field is in theory nice uh, because mm-hmm. it's relatively cheap. Also, mm-hmm. you're just done nothing. You're close to the right fielder. Like. <laughs> it, and maybe you know, in John's case, he gets to stare at Machana. Yeah, John, I was just gonna say. <laughs> I mean, but no. most of you. us don't need to do that. Don't sit in the bleachers. Don't, <laughs> most of y'all, most of y'all don't have sit in the left field bleachers. Like the center field bleachers. Center field's fine. Left field is left field. I sat in left What's field. What's wrong with left field? I sat there one time, and uh, probably like twelve, fifteen years ago. Um. Mm. And it happened that that game, Stan Javier, a couple of oh, catches man. to save runs at the wall, and you can't see that from the bleachers. He's right underneath you. Uh, <laughs> right. Was this the fabled Padres catch uh, on Phil Nevin? I, or was I, that? Yeah, th- this was. That was, this was right left. No, I, I, right I don't field. remember what who we were playing, but yeah, that was that kind of ruined me on it. Like, yeah, I could have just seen two great plays that now. I, Mm-hmm. Any seat where you can't see the entirety of the field of play, I think, is uh, no matter like even if you're really close, it, it's kind of a, a bummer there. I mean, if Aoki was still our <laughs> left fielder, I would not have a problem sitting in those left field bleachers because <laughs> there's nothing going on down there. I need to out see of, anyway. out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I agree. I don't like the obstructed view. And actually, it's something, the center field bleachers, even though I like them, you can't see the video board. And I really mm. do. I like to be in local. I like to be close enough to a TV that I can see, like, the root broadcast. If I'm not mm. sitting anywhere that's, um, you know, super up close to the action, I do 
so I don't have to sit on at bat the whole time. And I yeah. know if I have a case to yell at the umpire or not. <laughs> I yeah. like to go on like a random Tuesday and wait until, the, which I can do because I live in the city. So I recognize like the privilege of this and being able to wait right beforehand. Um, but man, once you've tasted Terrace Club, it's really hard to go back. <laughs> which one's the Terrace Club? The Madden crowd and the Hoi Polloi. Yeah, yeah the I've, I've been there. Level, right I, like under the I like that. I like that. Is that like the same as club level? Yeah. Okay. And the seats are kind of squishy and the bathrooms are clean and the lines are shorter. and <laughs> Get your own It's just, yeah. yeah. I talked my parents into Terrace Club seats for Edgar's retirement ceremony because mm. I just, I want to be able to have like, sometimes you have to be able to build a little space for yourself into the ballpark <laughs> and that's a good way to do it. But also sure. if you stand on the railing by the Hit It Here Cafe, on a not busy night or on the next one up the third deck level um you're not really close to anything but you can really see the whole field you can see the video board and you can just kind of hang on the rail and it's a totally yeah. fine place to watch i think i would uh, agree with zach just in my experience that the third level uh behind home plate generally you can get something in a 12 to 20 dollar region depending on who they're playing um, and you can see the whole field, you can see the video board, you can see out into the, you know, out into the city pretty well. Um, I really like being right behind home plate because I can at least have one dimension of regulation on if a ball is a strike or not. Right. Um, and it also lets me sort of see the pitcher's motion really well. So I can sort of have a little bit better sense of what's happening and, you know, if they're falling off or if they've got some mechanical issues. But oh yeah, if for you're anyone looking... listening, you should total if you want to learn about pitching mechanics, buy John a ticket no, to no, the no, ball no. game <laughs> and go with John. No, I'm serious. Remember, John and I watched um, when I first met him. We watched an Edwin Diaz start, and he or not an Edwin Diaz start. Edwin Diaz was closing out the game, and he was mm. struggling. And John was able to explain to me exactly why he was struggling and, like, get me to watch his mechanics. So, uh, the offer is out there because John is a poor 20-something. You buy him a ticket, you go to the game with him, you will learn so, so much about pitching mechanics. The, the, remember that guy in like the early 2000s or the mid 2000s who was saying like he could fit he alone could fix Felix Hernandez's like motion that if he was going to blow out his arm in like a year so but that if the Mariners offered him like a million dollars he would come and fix him for him so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy to fix this. Do you Kyle, remember this? Zach, Kyle do you Body. <laughs> it, may, it may have been. It may have. There may have been a little bit of droive, a little bit of loin. Loin. I don't remember. I don't remember the exact name. I'll have to look that up. But I, it was a distinct thing. But anyway, I'm happy to offer my completely unqualified services uh, in there. All right. Uh, next question, also from Neil here. Um, for many years, I hated the athletics the most. What team do you currently hate the most? And if it's not the Astros, why not? It's the Angels. I hate the Angels the most. <laughs> I hate Yunel Escobar. I hate him. Uh, I've never forgiven him for his eye black, gay slur, and then pretending like it was just a thing. I hate his Instagram account. I loathe him personally as a baseball player. Um, so seeing him 
turn into freaking Mike Trout against us was incredibly frustrating. <laughs> and then Andrelton Simmons all of a sudden looking like fr- fucking Francisco Lindor. I I said we could curse, and I saved my curse for where I really feel strongly about it, and that's Francisco Lindor. Or, or uh, Andrelton Simmons suddenly looking like Francisco Lindor because fuck that noise. So yeah, currently I hate the Angels. I love most. all people and all things. Zach? Um, uh... Oh, please. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Scott I George have opinions just walked in the door. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> Everyone should um, have an opinion. Uh, the Angels probably are mine in the division. And mostly just because of Sosha's stupid face. Uh, and, oh it is, it is and an unpleasant I, peach. I don't know why. I I really just... I don't like the Marlins. <laughs> it's probably because of ownership. Interesting. I just, I just hate everything about, about that franchise oh, as yeah. a whole, and so I can't bring my... Mm-hmm. You hate oh, the it's so ugly. Oh, it's bad. I like Did it. you see the cat that was <gasps> crawling up yes. on it yesterday? Home run cat. See, that's already a blatant ripoff. Of... <laughs> DJ King. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. I think enough. it's. I think it's ownership. Yeah. I think if they sell the team, which they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Yep. To to Jeb. If Bush, someone I claps believe, for yeah. him, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, then he, that home run sculpture is you know Perfect. pretty high energy. all right oh fuck um i think the rangers are my least favorite team i i grew up hating them the most juan gonzalez and rafael palmero ruined my dreams so many times and just were miserable to watch i don't know somehow i watched an inordinate number of rangers games where they homered off of every seeming seemingly every pitcher um, and when A-Rod went there, even worse, uh, and I've sort of, my perspectives on A-Rod have evolved since I was younger, but my perspectives on the Rangers have not. So even though they have a lot of players that individually I enjoy, it's pretty, it'll be pretty difficult for any team to match how much I hate them. And they're just disgusting Stadium where Felix always <laughs> sucks. <laughs> so you won't have to worry about that stadium for too much longer, though. And thank goodness, that, and nor will the taxpayers of uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. Um. So our next question here comes from Chris at C from Bothell. Uh, over under on when we are sick of toasted grasshopper references oh, I'm already uh, sick by of it. June first. I'm already I'm already sick of it. So under. I mean, I might be in the minority here, but is it, maybe it's just because I don't watch as many games as you that I'm not quite there yet. Um, <laughs> but I think once once I start getting into the habit of the manners are a nightly occasion for me, then yeah, I don't need to hear. It. I was going to say, I, we saw, I, I don't know why I didn't realize this at the, at the time, but like there was, that, that game yesterday was doomed from the start because the moment I left my house to go watch the game at a bar at 
trivia with you, Kate. Uh, I closed my laptop as Jay Buner came on the screen in th- in the booth with Grasshopper with oh. a big old grin on his face, <laughs> and I knew I should have known then that the game was over. So I'm sick of them purely because of their affiliation with a player I loved watching growing up and an announcer I cannot stand to listen to. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, next question comes from fellow staff writer Isabel Manassian at 95 Coffee Spoons on Twitter. Where is the best ice cream in the Seattle area? I don't eat a lot of ice cream because my teeth um. are poor, but I li- I've never had Molly Moon, so I can't speak on that. I did like the Fainting Goat in Wallingford, um, but mm-hmm. really, I get down with Full Tilt. There's one right here in White Center near me, and it's mm-hmm. so good and like always kind of groovy in there. And I like playing whack a mole. I have like a big waffle cone, so <laughs> that's what I dig. So I went to Fainting Goat a few days ago uh, for the first time. It was extremely good. Um, I would have to say my favorite ice cream or ice cream affiliated place is um, Old School Frozen Custard on Capitol Hill. Um, They do, they have like a narrow rotating series of uh, ice cream or custard flavors. They have fantastic sundaes. They have milkshakes. Um, They do everything extremely well. but if you're going for just like a full experience, um, then there's a spot on Capitol Hill uh, that does ice cream sandwiches with uh, with Molly Moon's ice cream. I have been there over on and like 19th, right? Yes, and I'm blanking on the name okay. of it. Um, and it is a uh, favorite place. If you if you are a general Hello Robin, that's Hello Robin, that's it. Yes, it's on it's on nineteenth exactly, and uh, I've gone there a few times, and at, I think I've gone there five times, and two of the five times I've seen Russell Wilson and Sierra. <laughs> so uh, if you're a general fan of Seattle sports and want to see them, uh, go there in sort of August when uh, their NFL is having. Uh, their preseason practices because apparently <laughs> that's a good practice post-practice snack <laughs> all right good, good. Zach, i can't can, can, can i can't you... imagine he's gonna be there anymore now that he moved to the east side he's an east sider now he can't i think he had did he just move there recently because i think he would come because he would come in a very nice sports car and zoom off like he had somewhere else to be immediately so i wonder I th- it feels like yes they he were lives coming um, there for that actually just like I don't know, I need to go over there and just punch him in his stupid face. Oh. <laughs> okay. What, what to to what end? Just because he's what what has he stupid done? Stupid robot to thing you? and the, the he comes off as this person that's awesome, and then you read a little bit, and then you realize, oh, this guy's kind of a jackass, and everyone still loves him because no one knows he's a jackass. And he's also just an idiot. <laughs> I don't think he's a smart person. That's a fair. He, he loves Nano Bubbles, and but Jesus. he also loves helping... Yeah, he loves Nano Bubbles, Jesus, and helping children. And One I, of those three things I can get down with. 
<laughs> I, I have no strong feelings on one. I am pretty in support of one, and Nano Bubbles can get the hell out of here. But whatever. Uh, anyways, is, are there na- is there a Nano Bubble themed <laughs> ice cream place that you like? <laughs> uh, on the east side, <laughs> is it Cold Stone Creamery? Since they only have they don't have any in Zach, Seattle. Zach, do you not eat ice cream there? because that's time that takes away from you enjoying boxed wine? See, now wine. I'm curious about like a boxed wine. Sunday, a boxed wine ice cream. <laughs> I was gonna say there's probably like a sh- a sherbet, like or, you know, or a, root beer floats a thing. Is right? a boxed like, wine float a thing? Because that's ah. interesting. You can make it make right. a smoothie a smoothie out of it. I've done we'll a smoothie with that, vodka, Zach. but never with boxed wine. A wine. We'll work hmm. on it, Zach. Maybe that'll finally get you out too. I used to have a port shake actually at Dilettante. Um, when that was still on Broadway, Dilettante Chocolates. Dilettante There's, Chocolate it's still and there. Port. Oh, it's really? Oh, my oh, yeah. God. I was oh, going to yeah. see if they still have the Port Shake because, wow, that was just the best. All right. I've just found uh, cherry-topped ice cream sundae with red wine. A fruity Grenache works best. You want pint of vanilla ice cream, bottle of red wine, sparkling water, and a jar of maraschino cherries. And I think we can make this happen for you, Zach. All right, we'll we'll do it, and then maybe we can finally get Zach to come out of his house and come <laughs> we'll, hang out. With we'll us. make one, and we'll just sort of hold it up like a like a boombox. Oh, I was gonna say more like it was like the bat symbol. <laughs> just hold it up outside and <laughs> <laughs> the Zach symbol. Absolutely. All right, last couple questions here, Henry at the boy Henry J. Uh, what can I do to avoid the feeling of dread that washes over me as first pitch approaches? See previous answer about yeah. wine shakes. Duh. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's oof. I'm I got a hanker in now. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, not not a lot to do for you, but <laughs> yeah. No, uh, sorry. Hope you're of legal drinking age because that's. Uh... Yeah, I would say if if you want I. Focus on something specific that you want that you're curious about in each game. I guess yes. is what I'd say. So, if you want to say like I'm gonna look at you know how how Taylor Motter does today, and 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 not, you know and not necessarily focus on the team's results as a whole. Uh, focus on individual things. Focus on how people's swings look. Focus on you know how you know. Defend, are defenders getting good first steps? You know, you can look at little things that you can say, okay, they did this well. Okay, they need to work on this. And, and hopefully that can be a little bit, give you a small little bit of removal from the potential concern. It can give you something to be excited about. Yeah, there's a find one tiny real corner easy to solution panic here. about yeah. instead of panicking about everything. Zach, you said you had an easy solution. He likes to overlook <laughs> it. Just don't watch the game. <laughs> you know, if, if the That's games don't make you happy, you know, don't do it. Don't yeah. watch. Yeah, that is an, I that agree. Is an absolutely fantastic point. We only have so much time, and if it doesn't make you happy, and here's the thing, right? Yeah. You don't watch the game. A... You want to know what happened? Come to lookoutlanding.com, and you read the recap. Oh, <laughs> what a good company man you are! <laughs> absolutely. But don't do that. Don't read the recap. Um... That'll make you sad. Don't do that too. <laughs> 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 look at the game thread, or look at the chart. There'll be some. There'll be some fun, off, you know, sort of topics to test, discuss. Um, all right, our last question comes from Shane Skladani 
at Shane Skladani on Twitter. Possibly. Could be Skladani. We'll see. Who is a good candidate to be traded at the deadline if we continue to suck? Valencia, Gallardo, Ruiz, Dyson. All of those guys would have to be performing, though. Like, I mean, Dyson. I would would agree with Dyson. I don't think Cruz is going anywhere. I, I mean, he's obviously represents some pretty sweet trade potential, but because he's going to hit his home runs, even if he's not having a great year. But I don't think that they do that. I think, yeah, I think you're right, like, looking at the guys who are just here on kind of one-year deals. But I think the only one who might be appealing is Dyson, and I don't Sishik even know will get you something. Fetch. If he comes back he, healthy. Yeah. yeah. If, if he's decent, yeah. Why do you say Sishik? It's Sishik. Sishik? Yeah. yeah. It's Sishik. There's not an S, an E, or an A. <laughs> in the front of that name. I don't know. Take it up with the Portuguese. Uh, is there a slur I can call them? I don't know any Portuguese slurs. Oh no. Undoubtedly, let's not do that. and we're not going <laughs> I'm not going to look that up for you. Um do you think Iwakuma has I like if he's performing sort of on pace with where he was last year? Cuz I mean essentially if he's on performing around where he was last year like that's like a Jason Hamill kind of, you know, person that you could trade for. And if, you know, at around the deadline, someone's down a pitcher, I feel like, because he's what, he's got a vesting yeah. option for next year, but not necessarily, you know, that that doesn't necessarily mean much for, for the, I mean, it could, I guess, mean something for the Mariners, but if, if the team's really in, in trouble, he could be someone that you could get something for. I don't for. know who wants that vesting option. Yeah. It's fair. I mean, looking at l- what they did before, I mean, maybe Miranda? I don't know how invested they are in Miranda. If he's decent, if he kind of um, looks like he... If he's in the pen by then, which I kind of hope he will be, mm-hmm. um, although who knows, I would also totally not be surprised by Drew Smiley's elbow just blowing up and him missing the whole year at this point. That's like a, a secret sneaking feeling that I have. Um, yeah. But yeah, if Miranda's pitching out of the pen and that stuff is playing up at like 95, whatever he can hit, even higher than that, um, I could see them shopping him because I don't know how invested they are in him as a starting pitcher or even as a long reliever. And he could oh, be valuable. Uh, if they DJ P- dangle Altavilla, I will uh, take <laughs> things. Uh, DJ Peterson also. I still mystify that he's on the team or in in the organization generally. Um, not because he is not worth having, but simply because I he's don't redundant. know how. I mean, there's yeah, no place for him. Exactly, and so you know, I think he's had a little bit of value still, and it would be surprising to me if he was in the organization at, at the end of the I'm year. surprised they didn't move him this offseason, honestly. I mean, maybe just because of the injury that took him out of yeah any kind of real meaningful trade talks and they didn't like what they thought they could get. But if he tears up AAA, which I think he he has a good shot of doing, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't think they're sold on him, for better or for worse, and I think it's mostly for worse. Jerry really seems to get stuck on his guys. It is it is an potentially unfortunate uh, myopic sort of, way of looking at things. Yeah, yeah. A, a 
blinders mm-hmm. blinders on. But. So basically, anyone who is not named Robinson Cano, <laughs> Kyle Seeger, probably Nelson Cruz or Felix Hernandez, and uh, mm. and or James Paxton, and I think everybody else is kind of in play. Oh, or Segura. They won't trade Segura. And Hanager. They love Hanager. And any, I, I literally think anyone else is up in the air. <laughs> um, I just watched Taylor Motter make a Willie Mays basket catch on a George Springer pop-up, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he's untradeable at this point <laughs> as well. Um, and, yeah, so. Yeah, well, those of us who are going to watch the game should go watch the game. And... Mm-hmm. Any any final thoughts for you for you Zach or for the people? Yeah, what l- last little you've been in this game longer than probably any of us, um, having been writing about baseball on the internet since you were, but knee high to a, a toasted grasshopper. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's one right, down. That was the last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, what what like words of wisdom do you have for us? To burn it down. Prepare to burn it down. Excellent. Fire, hellfire. Fire, hellfire. Okay. Indeed. All right. Well, that's the podcast for the week. Thank you very much to Zach Sanders for coming on and enlightening us. Thank you very much, the listener. We could not do this without you. And uh, thank you to all of you who sent in questions. And we will see you next week.